Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. We're actually on episode 70. Um, oh, that's that's gone quick, hasn't it? So yeah, episode 70, I'm joined today by uh, the wonderful Daniel Frazier. I've, uh, oh, have I got that wrong this time? Nice, nailed it, mate. I've, Fraser, I've Fraser. It. Although I watched, uh, have you ever seen uh, Inside Man? No. So, mate, you should watch it. It's a sick Denzel... Washington film with Clive Owen. Okay. It's amazing. But in the show, he's a detective and he's Detective Frazier with the same spelling. Oh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like really happy about that. Like, I know obviously that the boxer was a Frazier as well, but I was just like, mate, basically I'm as cool as Denzel Washington because he played a guy yeah. Frazier. Exactly. But in the film, they, he pronounces it as Frazier. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> Throwing the spanner in the works there. Yeah, but that's uh, mate, sick film. You should watch it. It's really, really I will, good. I will definitely get onto that. Like we're watching um oh what's it called um i'll have to go and look on netflix in oh the sinner i don't know if you've watched that on netflix what what happens in it he's it's the guy do you you remember the original independence day yeah with will smith yeah the guy who plays the president in that is like the main actor and he's like in the first season he's like a quite an old, he's an older detective and basically like there's been four seasons of it so far and the first season like the first opening scene is this woman just like at the beach she goes crazy and basically stabs this guy to death and is then on like death row but he goes in and he's going something's not right here and basically it's the whole investigation like behind it of like what happened to her and like the trauma that happened to her and it goes through like something that was like way way in the past and he kind of like uncovers all these things but there's there's been four seasons of it so far um the first one was really good some of this the first season was really good jessica bill yes i think jessica bill was in the first one um yeah first season was really good second season was okay third season was crap (laughs) and (laughs) this fourth one seems to be really good again so yeah we've been we've been getting into that Mate, you've really got me thinking because I've definitely seen this because I remember Jessica Biel's in it. She like goes nuts or something. Yeah. Was it at the beach it happened? Yeah, it was at the beach. Oh, there's like, yeah, oh, you, this is really annoying. I'm going to have to do a refresh because I've definitely seen the center. Yeah, I've seen that it's, season. Um, it's one of those ones where like normally in most American things, you can kind of see that twist coming like you just go well what's the unexpected thing here of this person is actually like the double cross or whatever it is but on each season of this like i've not been able to see the twist coming which is something that i quite like like natalie quite likes like thrillers but most of them are so predictable it's just a bit like oh we're watching another one of these are we um but yeah i've really enjoyed this dinner Yes, I re- I'm, I'm just reading a, a, on Wikipedia. I was like, yes, I remember that scene. Hang on. Oh, I don't want to ruin it for people, but I'm going to have to have, have a quick browse there. Because, yes, I've, I've watched it. I've definitely watched it. Yeah, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, I'll get back on that. Yeah, there's four seasons of it now, so there's plen- plenty for you to catch up on. And then what we were watching before, and also Afterlife. So, basically, it depends on like, how uh, yeah. much time we've got. Yeah. If we've... If the kids have been up late or Natalie's got back late, we've only got half an hour before we go to bed, we'll watch an afterlife. Whereas if we've got a full hour, we'll watch a, um, the cinema because it's about an hour long, or well, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, trying to get... 
into a habit now of like right going to bed no later than 10 we still don't end up actually going to sleep till after 11 but yeah. at least if we're lock trying to lock everything down from 10 o'clock we're not it's not nearly 12 by the time you're actually kind of going to sleep yeah i'm trying for nine at the moment yeah he's got yeah. up at 120 on saturday and did go back to sleep i was like what oh. is happening here wow i heard his party it was like great 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 got home she was nuts had a nap and she just has reverted back to being a newborn. So I got up at 1.20 and then she just did not go back to sleep till 10 a.m. And I was like, has this actually happened? Like, I cannot believe that. <laughs> I was going to say, you've had like the year of her being okay. The twins seem to have now gone into daycare and it's like, <laughs> right, we're going to yeah, revert the, back. The, the napping's just gone crazy. But yeah, it's been a proper roller coaster. Like, I've noticed when they're in a team, when they're asleep, when they were much younger, do you know what? It was much easier to train when they were really young because they napped loads. So yeah. because they nap loads, even though they're not, you always had like an hour or two you could train. Whereas now it's like they're always up and then it gets yeah. in the day. And I'm like, I have never felt fatigued like this. Like no. never in my life. Like not not with Clyder at all. With my firstborn, mate, I trained. If, if not, I think I trained more. Like it was never, I just kept training all the time. It was fine. Whereas like with these two, oh, it's insane. As I've said many, many, many times. Right, we better have decent questions, though. Yes, I'm just trying to find the question box so i put up a question box on my own personal one as well um just because we didn't really get many questions um i'm just trying to find the ones from the facebook group if we answer the facebook group ones first because those are the ones that people well yeah. it's just us. was it was it james about a deadlift bar i remember saying. yeah so does using a james sergeant's put in does using a deadlift bar off offer any real benefit over a standard bar other than the fact in theory you should be able to lift a bit more due to the extra bend and easier grip uh well no you've answered your own question it it's it, it's it's a bar that makes things easy. it's a deadlift bar specifically for deadlifting so you can lift more weight on it it has more whip uh you don't Oh, I think we lost you there for a second. Is he coming back? Sorry about this, guys. My internet connection is a bit unstable. So, yes, okay. we... Uh, uh, last thing I heard from you was deadlift bar. It's got a little bit more whip. Yeah, a little bit more whip. So, I mean, a lot of people train on stiff deadlift bars in the lead up to deadlift bar comps because it is so much harder. So, I mean, if you... If you're training in a competition where you use a stiff stiff bar, never use a deadlift bar. If you're training into a comp when you use a deadlift bar, you'll probably get some benefit from using a stiff, then transitioning transitioning into a bendy bar. So yeah, um, it's literally just it's one of those things where because it's a specific piece of equipment for that specific exercise, it makes it that little bit easier, but save that for competition day because yeah. that extra 10 percent or whatever it is is going to um well how much are they like a deadlift bar is much more expensive than normal bars yeah cheapest one's about 350 but for a good one you're looking around 500 quid so and the the main benefit is going to be on competition day or is it is it worth practicing with one to get a feel for what that whip feels like oh god yeah. Without, whip, yeah a lot of people go on and thinking they'll be able to lift like 20 kilos off the bat straight away but they're just not used to the technique of the whip of the bar um it yeah. really does pull you much higher up where deadlift bars work really well is for people that have um that have good start positions uh so they can 
like yank the bar higher up and then use their back um, with the deadlift bar. But yeah, I mean, if you have to learn the technique first, there is a learning curve because the pull is slightly different. There's like, it's almost like two pulls because when you pull on the bar, if you see the guys that lift really heavy with it, you see it bends before they even pick it up. So by yeah. the time they pick it up, it's probably bent like two to three, a good deadlift bar will bend like two to three inches before you can get it off the floor. So you right. have to really practice with that. It will knock you off if you're not used to lifting with a deadlift bar. Um, so you have to get used to that. Um, yeah, so there's a learning curve, but yeah, I mean, it should take like a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then you should be lifting a lot more on it if you've got the technique right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so next one's from Rachel. What do you both consider to be the main difference for what a male versus a female needs to have considering in their programming? Uh, well, I think Rachel will be the expert answering this one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the app, I mean, you got a factory in menstrual cycle. You've got to factor in, obviously, past history, mobility issues. You know, Rachel's a specialist, but like pelvic floor issues, mm-hmm. um, if they've had kids, that kind of stuff. But generally speaking, you know, I'm, I'm going very basic here, but I find women can tolerate a lot more than men in terms of volume, even with yeah. relative intensity, even with the intensity being higher, I find they can train at the same percentages for with a lot more volume. Um, yeah. So it's kind of... I would say you could push women slightly harder and give them a few more sets, but then, you know, basically the girls I train still, most of them still want to work on, you know, sort of glutes and, you know, legs, you know, abs, that kind of area. So I generally divert more attention to those areas for them. Yeah. Um, dudes, you know, putting them hip thrust, dudes will do hip thrust, but they're not exactly excited to do them. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's those kind of things, but yeah, I mean, the main thing is menstrual cycle, uh, pelvic floor, and then, you know, I would say they can tolerate a bit more volume from my experience. So just to build on top of that, I find like, um, cause obviously I deal with a lot of parents, the main difference between like dads and mums is like the order of importance that they put things. So like for most dads, it tends to be like work family themselves. Whereas for most mums, it tends to be family work themselves. So when it comes to that, they're struggling with mentality or things like that, it's often because they're putting themselves right to the back and they put everybody else's needs in front of their own. Whereas trying to get parents just in general to understand that you sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish um, and put like your self-care, like, as you said, like if you're training, you've got to be looking at those factors like sleep, like proper nutrition, like all those things, or else you're just kind of going to burn out. There obviously are going to be times when it's just not realistic to be training five days a week, four days a week, in which case you then need to work around it if it is a priority for you. But it's also okay to go, you know what? It's not a priority for me right now. I just need to do what I need to do to kind of get through this phase. Um, but then uh, on with what Dan was saying, in terms of like programming wise, it is more, it's volume and, and it's working with them in terms of what their goals are. Like most men will tend to kind of like want to, be bigger up top bigger shoulders bigger arms bigger chest so that they kind of like fill out a t-shirt whereas i find for most women it's about right getting shape kind of to their glutes hamstrings having a, a smaller waist um but also like 
you have to encourage them to eat more. Like a lot of girls that come to me are chronic under eaters. So you're trying to go through this and you actually give them more calories and they're losing body fat and they're like, what the hell is this trickery? And it's like, yeah, sometimes it's not just eat less and do more. Sometimes it's eat more, recover better and your body will process everything better, which means you can eat more food and still kind of get to the result that you want. So um, I think that about covers that one. Um, Next one from Rachel, what referral or support network do you both have to support your clients beyond what you're qualified in or knowledgeable about and why? <laughs> I love all of our leading it's questions. Loaded. I was going to say, this is a load of questions. <laughs> a, I hope you're listening, Rachel. It's so funny. Uh, ask, uh, I said, send them to Rachel. There you go. Yeah. If someone knows more than you, <laughs> I refer out. Yeah, I, I had a guy uh, referred to me um, from a fellow PT um, saying, can you, I think what you can do would help them more. So I had a chat with him, but from speaking to him, his, he needs to basically, it sounds like he needs a knee operation. So I wasn't personally comfortable to work with him knowing from what he was describing, he needs, I think by the sounds of it, you know, this is just my opinion, bear in mind, I'm not a medical professional. I think it sounds like he needs uh, like an arthroscopy and gets his meniscus like we taken out or cleaned up. So for me, I was kind of like, I, I don't think it's time for you to work with me yet. Because I think you need to see some very specific um, niche um, help for what is your problem first, and then maybe I can help you. But even even then, it might be that I refer him to someone else because he wants to get really good at golf. So I've got a friend who is a golf specialist who I think would be a better fit. Like as much as I would love to train him, I can I can say to him that I can do general stuff with you. But if you want to get very specific, here's the guy I can refer you to. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've got I've got a few people I can refer out to. I mean, I'm quite lucky my skill set is fairly broad but there are times when i think it is now time to move you on to someone someone else so i always do yeah. my best to make it clear when i work with people that this is my skill set i will try my best with you if this isn't what you know it's like almost like a disclaimer isn't it so like, this is my thing you know say i was like i want to get ready for a bodybuilding show but i want to work with you i'd be like look i haven't competed i can get you lean but i have never i haven't done uh, what do you call it the stage full-on week preps and all that if you're comfortable like with me fine if not he's done he's done it it'll get you sorted like it's just knowing your skill set right just moving people onto the right thing yeah and it, it's a similar like i had one where somebody um was working with a powerlifting coach but she wanted to go into bodybuilding so mm. he's a friend of mine uh, works at a gym around the corner like he sent it to me but she would go into like the masters uh women's class mm-hmm. like i have like zero experience of prepping women and i know for a fact that hormonally when you get down to lows low body fat levels like it it's not just a case of and i know people that would just take on that client take their money and just like more cardio less food more cardio less food and and they just dig them into the ground but as you said that when dan said that like i i know where kind of like my boundary is so like if i had somebody that came to me and they wanted to do like a men's physique show or they wanted to do like a first time on novice bodybuilding as a male, then I might go, you know what? I'd be honest with them. I've not prepped somebody else. However, I've gone through this process two or three times. I have got a support network of people I can ask questions to about these things. And it is something that I kind of want to go into. So just be honest and open with them. And then if they were okay with that, then I'd take them on and go, you know what? 
if this is your first time, we need at least 12 to 18 months before you think about competing. Like people think you can just hire a prep coach and in 12 weeks, they'll get you ready for the stage. And if you're a natural, like a good prep coach will not take you on. They'll go, no, you're not going to be ready. Right. Let's not think about this season. Let's think about next year. Let's do, look where you are now. We might need to do a bit of a recomp at the moment. Then we're going to do a, um, a building phase so I can control where your food is in a building phase. And then we're going to look at doing like a 16 to 20 week prep. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like my referral specific. network, it's just... From being in the industry for a little bit of time, what happens is you network with other people. You find out what their specialities are. A lot of mine are actually found through Instagram. Like I network through social media. Like if I find somebody who's an expert in um, mums, then I'll probably refer out to them. If I find somebody who's an expert with powerlifting, I'll probably I'd probably refer out to Dan. Like me and Dan met through Facebook. Like. It, it's one of those things you don't necessarily need to know them like face to face. If you follow them, follow their content, see that they're a decent coach and they get kind of decent results, then it makes you look like a better coach when you admit, look, this isn't my area of expertise. This is where the line is. Like, mm -hmm. if you're happy for me to train you here, this is what we would do together. However, if you want this knowledge, this person's going to be a better fit for you because they'll respect the fact that you just haven't just taken their money. And even though, you know, you're not going to be the best fit for them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. I refer Rachel, you can work with people. <laughs> so Mr. Daniel Fraser has posted a question of, is the MCU about to do a U-turn on its future films after the success of Spider-Man? Does that mean going back to why, Brit, uh, white male leads mate <laughs> go, woke, go, go woke go broke mate that's what they're <laughs> yeah. all saying isn't it uh i don't know like um i think by the sounds i've still not seen spider-man i've not been able to get to the cinema going on buddy and no i don't mean oh, the is whole this white male thing like, i think it's great to bring in you know this summer mate fucking hell blade mate like my favorite superhero you know yeah. wesley snipes you know black guy like there's some incredible superheroes out there back in the day like do you remember that me when it was um when Chadwick Boseman was um Black Panther like oh Marvel's like first leading black hero and it was a bit like yeah. you just saw the picture of like Blade in the background like looking with yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman I loved, loved him I thought he was brilliant but uh yeah I mean it's not I think like I love what do you call it? Diver you know, diversity. And yeah. I think it's got its place. I think it's brilliant, but it just seemed to, it felt a bit like this is the point of, of the story that was so diverse. And I was like, yeah, but the story's a pile of shit that I'm watching. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's rubbish. Yeah. Because I think um, integrating characters in the right way. And, you know, I'm not a writer. I'm, I don't know how to do it. I just know the product when I watch it um it is doable but i think well uh, it's just sometimes it just doesn't i just don't like it it doesn't i'm not interested but like spider-man like, has absolutely crushed it at the box office like absolutely smashed it and i appreciate it was kind of like the end game of spider-man but it was just it was a kind of what you're watching it and you're like oh my god this is why i love this uh mcu and i love all of this kind of stuff it's incredible so i watched the last couple and i was like it's like filler it was just like nothing yeah it was like chewing gum so it's one of those though after endgame like you're always gonna have 
it come down a little bit, aren't you? Just because uh, they've they've spent what? Yes. Was it four years ten, building up to like was it ten? Yeah, ten years building yeah. up to the climax of it. Yeah. And the, you're now going back to the build up to the next big bad, which it's going to yeah, be interesting. Yeah, but it kind of felt like in. it kind of felt like they're like in this race to like build up to the big bad. Well, I think the first when they built up to Thanos, uh, it didn't feel like it was from the first film, like like trying to set this whole thing up i just i kind of think it just happened they claim that they were like oh they're all super linked and it's all amazing intricate i just think it kind of fell into place a little bit there's a few things when you look back it just doesn't make sense like you know when nick fury uh was talking to what was it cap he's like last time i trusted someone i lost an eye and it was like the next film was like his eye gets scratched out by cats so it's like i think yeah. i just shut up sometimes <laughs> um, so it's kind of like yeah i mean it's, it's like it, it's lovely to build up this big bad all this kind of shit and where it's all going but at the same time it's like still make what's happening on film good yeah you've got to make the individual stories good that's why the first one worked because the individual stories were good but with the like end credit things you saw that it was building to something else yeah but you were still you could still watch the thor films or the captain america films like on yeah. their own and they would still be good well, mate, do you remember Winter Soldier? It was like yeah. unreal. It was like what they say is like an espionage film. It was absolutely incredible. I think when you compare that to say like the Eternals, I'm like, they're night and day difference, like completely mm. different, despite maybe that budget being far bigger. Like they're not even close. And I was like, I just need more of that, please, coming back. In. Yeah. So. <laughs> let's, let's revert back to what you know. Um, J- James Croth has put some weird questions in here. So do we talk about Bruno? What does he say? Do we talk about Bruno? No, you can't talk about Bruno. No, no we can't talk about Bruno. Talk Although about I watched Enchanto the other day, and in that song, there's a bit where you know the girl with the ear is singing inside the house, and you can see Bruno in the background, like in his cloak. And I was like, "Look, look, come and look at this now." And she was like, "You're so weird. Why would you even notice that?" I was like, "I don't know. I just noticed Easter eggs, it. mate." Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Mate, you gotta start. Exactly. You put it on your YouTube channel. Here's what you can find if you watch Bruno at the half speed. If you watch yeah, the channel closely. Um, yeah, also, James, uh, who would make a better matador? Mm-hmm. Fight balls. Oh, good. Well, probably you because you're smaller. Right? I'm too big. It will like run straight into me. <laughs> it just run straight into me. I'm more agile. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. You're you're more of the build and like. I'd be awful. I'm like my mobility and I'm massive. Yeah, just just get skewered. (laughs) Be like in afterlife, you know, when that bird's like, oh, you know, luckily because I was so large uh, when I got impaled or something, like the fat took the 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 impaling. Yeah, it just went. She's like, if you weren't if you weren't fat in the first place, when it happened, she was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we watched. Um, it was the episode where he he um, scatters his dad's ashes in the pub. Have you watched oh, the latest series? Yeah. yeah, and <laughs> we were just watching. And we're like, oh my god! Like he he drops the c bomb so much in that episode, and Natalie hates that word. <laughs> yeah, and I was just I like, oh. it was brilliant. It's one of those where you just like you you can't with like political correctness like you never see that sort of stuff on telly but ricky gervais just does it doesn't give a shit does he he does it in there well it's well there you go it's good it's good writing isn't it yeah i guess that's the difference like but he is an incredibly talented 
writer or has an amazing team around him so they can do it it doesn't feel forced it just feels right i think that the, the what do you call it the the merit of those kind of shows is they kind of put in scenes almost like everyday life or things in everyday life you wish he could do like when he's loving mm. the plant through the the what do you call it the car at the, the crossing yeah we've all had thoughts like that haven't we like you know when i see yeah. A car park, someone get out of a car parked in a parent and toddler space at the supermarket, and then it means I can't get in one. Yeah, I literally want to throw the rock through the window. But <laughs> it just doesn't hear the thing. It's brilliant. But um, yeah, no, it's just very well written that show, and it was a great watch. Like I'm, uh, I did, I did enjoy that one quite a lot actually. But yeah, like great. It was just great. Just really, really yeah. good. I really enjoyed that. Actually. Yeah. Okay, last one from James. Uh, can you ask Dan if he's playing the drum? Does he say in his head like drum, drum, drum or bang, bang, bang when he hits the drums and when he hits the cymbals, does he go ting, ting, ting in his head? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what goes through my head when I drum. I'm normally singing the song or I sort of like drift off a little bit or you just think, fuck, am I going to... You sometimes say like, have I got the right part? Am I playing the right bit? Am I going to miss? Am I going to miss a hit? Am I doing all right? Um yeah, that kind of stuff. But no, you just kind of get one with the moment when you're doing it. One with the moment, brilliant. Uh, I um, right, I think that is all the questions that I got. I don't know if you got any on your... I don't know if you put out a box. But I probably would have if I put out a box, but I didn't. Yeah. Because I'm going to use... I'm going to keep using the excuse of twins for as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah. No, no, I didn't, man. But uh, have I got any questions? Have I got any questions? No, not not really. Ah, have what's the most amount? Can you get success with training twice a week? It depends. <laughs> How trained are you? Are you in a detrained state? Uh, so, and like, why can you only train twice a week? Yeah. So if you have never trained before, 100% you can make progress training twice a week just because the stimulus is going to be so novel because you've never trained before. If you are in a detrained state, so again, have just been training zero for like three months, six months, yes, going back to training like twice a week, will you will see some improvements because again, it's going zero to something. If you can only train twice a week and you have been training you can probably just about maintain what you've got kind of like already like maintaining muscle is a lot easier than building it so if you are getting enough protein in and you can still stimulate the muscles so do two full body workouts like twice a week you'll probably find you don't lose any of the muscle you'll you'll be able to kind of like maintain it quite well whether you're going to be able to make much progress at twice a week if you were training say three or four times a week again it's debatable it's probably going to be down to your genetics how long you've got to train how hard you can train in those two sessions if you absolutely annihilate your body and need like three days to recover and then do that again you i'd you might be able to make progress. However, most people, if they can only train twice a week, it's normally because of time issues. So if you're training for two hours, annihilating your body and you need three days, you would probably be better off 
splitting that session in half and training three or four days a week. Um, but yeah, if you've only got like 45 minutes to an hour to train twice a week, you could probably maintain quite well, unless it was in those previous two kind of situations. Um, would you agree with that? I think so. Yeah, I'm just thinking like a lot of the people I train at the moment is twice a week and they're doing quite well. And it's, it's surprising me, actually, because I've always been a more is better. Well, within reason. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. See, I mean, they probably fit the mold of what you're just describing. But seeing them progress off just twice a week and doing, you know, pretty well and like making good body composition changes as well. It's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I think it's better to do four times a week, but that's all they can devote to it. So I think instead of sitting on the rest and absolutely nothing, just by going in twice a week, they're they're making progress, which is really nice, actually. Well, well it's law of diminishing returns, isn't it? Yeah, so going yeah. from zero to one session a week is an 100% increase. Well, there you go. Going from one to two <laughs> sessions a week is only a 50% increase. Going from two to three is only a thirty percent increase. So it's it's one quick of those maths. where, but I'm quick maths, yeah. Um, so it's one of those where, like people say, like the optimum is three times a week, but the optimum is what you can do consistently. Yeah. So as you said, going from zero to twice a week is a lot more than what they were doing before so but what you'll probably find is at a certain point that kind of like levels off as the body kind of like adapts to it in which case you can then add in different different bits maybe instead of doing another workout they can be up in their steps or things like that yes yeah yeah so up your steps like you could probably get quite good results training twice a week up in your steps and then yeah. uh, moving around a bit yeah yeah, I I the, the um, I'm about to do a mini cut in oh. March. So my, um, I don't know if I can bring up my, I'll see if I can find my stats while I'm talking through this. So um, obviously I competed back in November. I was down at what, 67 and a half kilos. I'm now sitting at around 78, um, which the heaviest I got in my last off season was 83 last time i was nearly 80 kilos though i looked a lot uh worse than i do now um i think having that accountability having that coach there kind of like through my off season has definitely helped me like maintain a better body composition this time whereas like i know the last time i came out of prep um my training just went to shit because I yeah. was really, really focusing on my business. Yeah. Um, like I dropped down to like three sessions a week, but I wasn't really training properly. Uh, wasn't training with the right amount of intensity anyway. Um, whereas actually we can see that I'm definitely building muscle this time. So yeah, so this is me at the end of prep. Weight all the way down to here. It's, yeah, sixty six point six is my lightest weight in sixty six point five, and then we're right back up here at like seventy eight, <laughs> seventy eight point nine. Um, so yeah, like I get married in April, so we're gonna do a rapid mini cut. Um, try to drop off like I think he said something like six to eight kilos in four weeks. So it's going to be very aggressive. Um. And I just wanted to talk through kind of like when you would utilize mini cuts, like what they are and who they're not for. Because a lot of people want these like really rapid, like fat loss things. 
but the re- there's a reason why like I can do that as a bodybuilder because of everything that I've kind of done before. So when somebody comes into like my coaching program, I would never stick them on an aggressive mini cut as like the first thing that we do. Nine times out of 10, just, just mentally people can't deal with it. With a mini cut, there's no cheats. Like it's literally my calories will drop from nearly 4,000 to maybe two and a half thousand in a day. Um, I'll go from doing like zero cardio to like 40, 45 minutes of cardio a day. Like the swing in energy balance is going to be massive, which then means there's going to be a shitload of side effects that come with such an aggressive deficit coming in so quickly. Like your hunger will go through the roof, like and you just won't be a nice person to be around. Um, so I would always go like the slow and steady approach with somebody first, see how they deal with dieting, see if they've got their lifestyle set up right. Go through a building phase to build up their food. So they're on like three and a half, four thousand calories. And then when you drop a thousand calories, it's going to have a big effect. If somebody's coming to you at two thousand calories, you don't really want to be dropping them down to under a thousand calories a day and then adding in a shed load of cardio just because the body's just going to kind of like reject what you're doing is going to, as I said, send hips on the signals through the roof and just put a load of unnecessary kind of stress on the body. So if anybody wants to watch me put myself through this hell of four weeks of just aggressive fat loss, like obviously I will be, uh, I'll be documenting it on my story uh, about how mental I'm going, how about how hungry I am. Um, but I think you, you ran a mini cut, uh, was it at the beginning of, lockdown two or something yeah i don't know if it was a mini car i guess it was more just trying to get healthy again i could probably ended up being one but like i did get in pretty good shape i think I should have kept it up a little bit i probably would have been where exactly where i want to be but yeah just i think mine was more like i guess it was a mini car i suppose but like for me like if i just i'm at a level where I'd, it's not about counting at the moment it's more just like maybe you don't eat a whole pack of doritos maybe don't eat your children's party cake all the time all that kind of shit and it's kind of just getting back into focus on cooking which i can't do (laughs) (laughs) fucking time but yeah i mean basic stuff is is more for but i mean i do like tracking but i like tracking when i've got the headspace for tracking yeah Um, i i do love i think if you're gonna if you want to have if you really want to get you know have no what do you call i don't know what the word is room for and that, that, that if it's room for error or guesswork tracking is the best way you know you know i eat this grams of this i eat this grams of that that's going to get me exactly that boom i know exactly what to do here like the leanest i ever got was when i was like i know i need to reduce by 30 grams of carbs i will do this this will get me lean i know i need to up my cardio from 30 minutes to 40 minutes bam weight loss is happening again but rather than that, right now for me i'm not trying to get stage lean i just want to get you know happy like yeah you know just like fine so it's like i don't necessarily need to do that but no. at the same time that's because i know how to do that it's yeah. not like oh I'll just have this you know this light low calorie meal and you know it's like you know they're just eating fucking probably like 900 calories of shy so you know i won't eat carbs so i'll just have this you know high uh this this meal, yeah. meal like chicken bacon avocado all that it's like you just eating like 80 like 70 grams of fat there. but yeah it's more just an emphasis um but it's the same process if i'm trying to get lean you know lean protein at every meal vegetables at every meal and probably like a fistful of carbs like that yeah kind of does the trick 
So yeah, just it's yeah. one of those though, as you said, like because you've done the really regimented weighing everything, like, and you understand that, you then can do it a little bit more flexibly and relaxed. And what most people do is they try and do the flexible, relaxed approach. Yeah. Without or it the work, data or and without knowing this side of it first. Yeah. And, and that's why it's important to do that for a period of time so that you understand where the high calorie stuff is that avocado and bait and avocado and bacon on toast yes it's going to be low carb but <laughs> there's a shed load of fat in there so that's where the calories and stuff are going to come in like people don't realize where the little calorie bombs are in their diet until they've done tracking for a period of time and they go oh crap like yeah. that vanilla mocha chino at at Starbucks is like a day's worth of calories. Oh, it's insane, is People just don't have that awareness. This is where tracking can be incredible because this stuff you think is terrible. You track it like that's actually really good. Like I always recommend mm. people have. Uh, was it like Twister lollies? Like they're like yeah. if you got a sweet tooth, it's like ninety calories if that, like eighty yeah. calories for a lolly, and it sort of curbs that sweet craving at the end of the day. And yeah. then yeah, like you say, conversely, you could have that coffee. You're like, why have I just? wasted five like i always see it as like you know i think lane describes it best as if it's your bank balance are you going to blow your budget on this or are you going to blow your budget on that like for example if i want to take away a chinese takeaway i know it's going to be a thousand two thousand calories it better be fucking delicious because if it's not <laughs> i'm really angry about that it's like when you're in a pizza and you order a pizza hut pizza which is terrible by the way do not endorse them and you buy it and it's just awful you're like i have just yeah, ingested just wasted and a half thousand my calories, calories. what yeah. was the point if it tastes phenomenal all right, well, I'm happy to blow my budget on that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's kind of knowing what your balance is, playing with it, and, if, yeah. and, and making making the right purchases with it and all that. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, there are certain things. I mean, there'll be times where you can make, like we've talked about it before, you mentioned it, the fake away stuff. Like, you know, I, I one of the big things I did when I was only on like two and a half thousand calories, I was like, probably too low for what I did anyway. But, you know, I could make like an amazing burger, five to seven mints, like lean bacon, like like brioche bun, loads of good stuff. And it was like, it was still really like low calorie. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like it's, it's like eye-opening, isn't it? But you do yeah, that. That's when a you, high. Yeah, it's all that. She's telling me off because I've, I've turned the camera towards the door. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't normally do, do you? Yeah, well, at least you have clothes on. Yeah, at least your clothes are. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The days of walking around naked are long gone. <laughs> oh, mate, you should come around my house and everyone's naked in my place. But I've just been giving this, this mug for my coffee. Oh, brilliant. Good, isn't it? That is the, the best, the best mug. No, True, only, only real dads can drink out of a unicorn mug. Oh, mate, I think I've got a mug that says, this mama has milk in it. And I keep drinking that <laughs> Brilliant. I had man behind the bump, and yeah, I always uh, drink out that one. But yeah, like it's it's all that like, cal- what we talk about calories ex- expenditure. Know what you can do with your calories. Like I'm at yeah. a stage now in my life where I know exactly what everything costs nutritionally. I know what I'm trading off. I, I know what's going on. It's just right now, um, mentally, my headspace isn't in getting super lean. But funny enough, like people I work with are doing really fucking well. So maybe not focusing on myself is working well Because <laughs> I was, I was like, nah, you can't be a fat coach and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like honestly, the guys I'm training are like, I was like, you're stronger than I am when I was your age. Like, what the fuck? But um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that I guess experience is there. I, I will get back to it one day. But like when you're not sleeping, you know what your, your hormones does to you when you're not sleeping. Yeah. Like, just out of balance and you crave sugar. Easy tip for you. I know Don Bang's on this about a lot. When you have lack of sleep, 
your brain craves sugar so you reach for sweet things and you reach for because it's glucose so you reach for glucose so sweets all that kind of crap if you can just work on getting a bit more sleep even half an hour's more sleep an hour's more sleep you'll curb some of those sweet cravings but yeah that was just a random thing that came to my mind but anyway i think we've kind of done quite a bit actually from what we thought was going to be quick we've done through loads yeah of it's gone to about 40 minutes which is perfect so um i'm actually going to get the show notes from last week's show done when they go to oh, yes. tumble tots and um, that was tumble a really tots. really interesting one tumble tots Mr. Will I tumble, love tumble there tots. <laughs> I love this one out probably over the weekend i reckon um i need to hire somebody to do the show notes for this stuff just because it's it's a lot of time enough, isn't it Maybe yes. I could. Well, I'd say I could help, but I won't because I, mean, I don't have time. I was going to say I was going to show you my diary for today. Like, it's just yeah, well, on the hour every Willow hour. goes to nursery. No, Willow goes to school in September. So I'm just like a lot of these things that are in my head. I'm just like I need more time. It's like right in September, I'm going to be like a nine till three worker. Half yeah, like. Because basically, I'll walk Willow to school because it's literally just going to be just up the hill. It's like five minutes away. Take the dog with me. Finish off the walk around the back of the school. And that's the dog walked first thing. And then I'll do the same thing in the evening. And then I've just got a solid like nine till three to like get all my shit done. Um, so I'll actually be back to like full-time work for the first time in, what, three, four, three years? Yeah. Yeah. I went part time when we were quick, when quick finished, it's amazing um, how quick it fills up. Like when with the, yeah. when the girls were going to Charmine, I'm like, I'm gonna have all the time in the world to do everything I could ever want. And like before I know it, like the day's gone. And then Thursday, I can't do any work because I'm with the kids. And then Friday, I sort of <laughs> it's fucking chaos, man. But yeah, you think you get all this free time, but you, you don't. But you might be lucky because I guess you're um that's kids are that bit old as they take care of themselves and Willow's going to, she's going to crush school and she'll love it. So she'll be right mm. there. Yeah. Oh, she's going to have the teachers wrapped around her little finger. All the ladies in nursery like, love her to pieces already. She's so. a super cutie, isn't she? Yeah. 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 But, um, and she just, she, she is desperate for adults. Um, what do you call it? Uh, she, she's like desperate for praise. So like, she's really well behaved like she does everything that people ask of her because she's like desperate for approval um which might set her up badly later in life but it means that she's a good <laughs> junior I, school so. I think it's meant to big your kids up you know i, th I think that's yeah. really good because i've spent my life sort of second guessing myself like oh should mm. i do that and like Claire asked me in the morning and she's like am i like am i special and you're just like yeah of course you are you need to know that every kid should yeah. sort of think i think i saw a you know, I think every kid should think their parents, you know, think the sun shines out of their ass, basically. But at the same time, you obviously still discipline them. You tell them when they've yeah. done something wrong and how to interact with people. But there's, there's need. They should problems. still feel appreciated. Confident, they happy. should still yeah, feel. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm really big on that, making your kids feel amazing. I mean, I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm still big on discipline and raising my mm. voice. But I really do think you should let your kids feel incredible. Yeah. Cool, right. So where can the guys find you, Mr. Frazier? Uh, you can find me on the... No, what was it? We're my Daniel Frazier on Facebook and then Bubbers and Beans on Instagram. That's probably where I post the most. I haven't given into TikTok yet, so I'm just on 
<laughs> oh, I'm I'm reelsing it through the roof at the moment. It's, oh, you uh, it's great love fun. it, don't you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't have it. You got to do what you got to do. So yeah, I just uh, and I, for I, me, I can't bring myself the... to draw a ball. It's the dad bod coach on Instagram and uh, my business page will probably change to that soon. I just haven't bothered doing it recently. Um, Yeah, the whole reels thing, like I'm just enjoying making some funny content just because like on social media, I was so serious like all the time. And that's just not my personality. But I thought like I didn't want to be known as like the clown as well. But actually doing some of that especially as a dad, like showing that side of me, like it's, it's been fun to make that content. So I'm doing more of it. Cool, man. man. Right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully the kids don't drive you too insane. And I will speak to you next week. It's all right. So I'll be, my parents are here helping. So they'll, yeah, I'm in a much better mood now. I've got tons of help. (laughs) Nice. No worries, dude. I'll see you soon. Bye for now. You take care, buddy. Well done. Thank you. Bye.